guests tonight. Your favorite Hawkeye's favorite Hawkeye, John Follow Through Blue. Representing the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cuyahoga Colossus, Mean Ethan Schneck. Hey. September 3rd, 3.05 p.m. We are just a few days removed from maybe the biggest news of the offseason as Donovan Mitchell, long rumored to go to the Knicks, was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Ethan's Cleveland Cavaliers, for... The 20 Cleveland's 25, 27, and 29 unprotected firsts. Two unprotected swaps, I believe, in 26 and 28. Lori Markinen, Colin Sexton, who is resigned as part of the trade, and Ochai Obaji. Congrats. Congrats, Ethan. Uh, congrats you. on getting Donovan Mitchell. It's gonna be you're gonna be a fun team. Worked really hard to make this happen. Yeah, I know you did. I know you did wearing that jacket of yours. <laughs> and it's too warm for it, but I did want to ref this. <laughs> yeah. It's so, uh, ring night warm up that we earned. Wow. After the greatest finals win of all time. That's amazing. So that Only is what we got, but you know, you clean to those things. I mean, it's it's got the most famous block in the history of NBA. So. That is a war- and for those who are audio only. That is a Cleveland Cavaliers warm up jer- uh, jacket that uh, shows the champ- the Larry O'Brien Trophy. I guess that they wore on ring night, as you said. It's that's true. It was uh, the same night of Game One of the World Series between the Indians and Cubs, wow. and uh, that series didn't end as well as the as the Cavs Warriors that year, but. But we can move on. And uh, Guardians look like they're going to be in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm loving this young team. They're defying expectations, and I'm also happy with the name change. But we do not need to get into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, good that they changed their name, Guardians. I don't know, but it's it's just it's, it'll take time to get used to. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. a lot of dumb ones out there. And there are. Eventually, they're all forgiven. <laughs> yeah, most of them are forgiven. <laughs> so. Um, we're going to talk about the Cavs in a little bit. First, we're going to talk about the Knicks, because of course this is a Knicks-centric show, and the Knicks were rumored pretty much the whole offseason as the f- the, for- the forerunner, the frontrunner, of trying to get Donovan Mitchell to New York. He's got ties to New York. He's got ties to Leon Rose and company. They coveted him. They've been negotiating with Utah, but it didn't happen. Um, John, what what is your assessment of this? What what do you what do you think? How should a Knicks fan feel? I think it's a short term loss, mm-hmm. um, but potentially a long term gain, and it's only going to be a long term gain if you know Barrett develops, if the team comes together this year if Randall either leaves or somehow rediscovers his form from a year ago, and then they come through and use these draft picks that they otherwise would have given up to sort of add to RJ Barrett's team going forward. Um, And I think that could still happen. I think that scenario is, is totally, you know, I mean, maybe not, maybe not super likely, but it's, it's reasonable. And I don't think RJ Barrett, well, obviously that you heard afterwards that RJ Barrett was in some of the discussions and then they, then he wasn't, I don't think giving up RJ would have been a good thing. I don't think a lot of Knicks fans would have liked it. So I don't think there was a deal without 
RJ. So I, th I think it's I think it's all right. I mean, it would have mm -hmm. been a pop. It would have been like a I wouldn't even say an Anth a Carmelo Anthony pop. I would say more like an Amari Stoudemire, very short lived <laughs> um, pop before everything went awry. But I think long term, I think the Knicks are better off. I do, too. And um, so, yeah, my 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 assessment is I'm happy with the results. I'm unsure about the process of how the negotiating went and what the direction is for the Knicks going forward. I'm a little bit alarmed at what was rumored to be the Knicks offer of RJ, two unprotected firsts, a top five protected first. In addition, some swaps uh, quickly, maybe some other stuff. But even if it's RJ and two, RJ... I, I would have I would have been beside myself if it was RJ and two unprotected firsts, especially if it was RJ two unprotected and three unprotected firsts as Ainge was trying to get even two unprotected in a top five third first. That would have been a lot. I mean, I would have been upset RJ straight up for Mitchell, even though you have to make that deal, right? Uh, just because I love RJ. So I'm a little worried about what the Knicks off front office might think of RJ. And that they were so willing to give up that much for Mitchell. Um, I think Mitchell is a great player. I love this move for the Cavs. The thing that I don't love for the Knicks, if they were to do something like this, this is the type of move you do when it's the final piece. Not necessarily the final piece of the championship, because I don't know if the Cavs are yet a championship contender, but they have that lot, that core locked in of Mobley, Darius Garland and Jared Allen. And I think this foursome that they have now could be a championship team and getting Donovan Mitchell as the final piece. Then you could overpay for a star, but you can't give up two unprotected first, possibly three. And it could have been in the distance because then you're left with the biggest thing the Knicks had to do was, because they need one more guy besides Donovan Mitchell. So they needed ammo to get somebody afterwards. And mm -hmm. when you trade three firsts to the team you're trading to, it's only three firsts. To what you'll eventually be able to draft, it's only three firsts. But in terms of like your war chest of assets, it's basically seven firsts. Because you can't do anything after that. And it's going to take like seven years to get all your picks back. Um, because of uh, Stepien, a former Cleveland great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I figured that was going to come up. There's a lot of picks, <laughs> and the Stepien rule would have to have to come up. Yeah, you can't step around it. You can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't sidestep it. Nope, no, you can't. Um, yeah. So, so it's just it's interesting to see what the Knicks value in terms of their young players and future future firsts. We'll get into that in a little bit. Ethan, what do you what do you think? Do you think the Knicks are better off, or should they have done what it took to meet Danny Age's demand? I think when it comes to public perception, because of the situation the team is in, but also because of uh, the Knicks that being the Knicks, it was like a damned if you do, damned if you don't mm -hmm. situation. Because if they had traded for him, everyone probably would have said it's an overpay. It's not going to work out. It's not enough of a core to build a championship lol Knicks. And then they didn't get it done. And so everybody's like, Oh, the Knicks are losers. They couldn't get the trade done or whatever. Yeah. And I, I agree with the assessment that long-term it's smarter for them to hold on to their assets. Um, Cause I don't think, I don't think Mitchell does much more for them besides like make them more of a playoff lock. I'm, I'm not sure what the path forward in terms of roster construction is for adding Donovan Mitchell and then being able to overcome the, you know, the, the Sixers or Bucks or Celtics as right. they are. They would have needed one more superstar and not had the assets to get him. Right. And, and Barrett was like, he'd be, you know, a guy that would, you know, maybe be part of that, but he would have to be in the trade to make it work. So it's, you know, it's like uh, selling your hair to get your, Friend okay. at home, whatever that thing is. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were just yeah. friends in that story too. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I'm, I'm ecstatic about RJ resigning. Um, 
seems like there's no bad blood between, or at least no public bad blood between him and his agent and the Knicks. But he signed to a nice extension on a uh, pretty good deal. I, I mean, but he's, how do you hold on though about the deal? Yeah. Cause that deal, that pretty good deal is a double-edged sword as we're finding out with guys like Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause if you sign your draft pick to a non-max extension, and then when he's coming up for at the end of that contract, you can't extend him because you can only pay him 125% or whatever of what he's making when the actual max is going to blow like way through that. So like the, the Celtics can't extend Jalen Brown mm-hmm. or not right? for the max. Yeah. Well, yeah, they can't extend him because he's worth more than they can pay him. Right. Right. So they're going to have to, he is going to end up being an unrestricted free agent and they're going to have to, uh, you know, deal with the open market on that. And that's like, that's the other side of it when you get the discount for a few years. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, I don't know. I don't think it'll be a real problem if RJ wants to stay. Right. Uh, But that that is a good point. I mean, um, and with the cap supposed to be exploding because of a new TV deal, maybe they should have just ponied up for the max to have that, that form of a bird, right. And extension ability. Um, Because like, you know, what is it? What's the difference between an extra five, six million a year between friends, like like that <laughs> couple in that O. Henry story? <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what's what? It, that's still going to be a bargain deal if the cap explodes, um, right? But um, yeah, I think it's all about just like RJ's. It's got to become, as you said earlier, RJ's team, and it's. At least in the short, at least, at least until something better happens. Um, it's got to be RJ's team and development of RJ and the other young guys has to be, has to be the priority going forward. Then you got to fire Thibodeau. Thank you. <laughs> um, that, that's basically my next two notes is my, my notes going for, for the Knicks going forward is, uh, well, as, as far as what comes next for the Knicks, two things have to happen. They got to play the young guys. Um, not just, I mean, RG is going to get playing time. I don't think that, I'm not worried about that. He already is getting like 40 minutes a game. Um, they need to, the other young guys that they were very reluctant to give up and kind of, interestingly, Leon Rose kind of pulled a Danny Ainge in, in the Boston version of Danny Ainge. He was, who was always criticized for not going all in and making that big trade. Um, because he didn't want to give up any of his young guys. It's kind of what Leon Rose did here. Um, yeah, if you if you're if you were unwilling to give up those young guys, those young guys got to play. Grimes, Obi, quickly. Um, I think McBride as well have to play, but the first three especially have to get at least twenty five minutes a game. And to do that, probably have to get rid of Thibodeau. Um, Though they're probably not going to do that before the season, but I, Randall, I think Randall's got to go to make room for Obi. Um, Fournier, or Andor Rose need to go, but I, I think you could keep Rose around as like a. You got to get rid of Rose though. It's like it's Thibodeau's like Moneyball, guy. right? It's like he's going to play Rose into the ground if Rose is on the team. <laughs> you got to come in there like Brad Pitt and be like, all right. Rose is out of here. We're, we're you protecting you from yourself type of thing. You can't keep playing him. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, for, and Grimes has to start over Fournier, I think. Man. I do like Fournier. He's the only I, of I those like veterans Fournier. who I like and think uh, still has value to another team. Like the French national team? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Specifically the French national team. That's where he's Great. He, he's FIBA Fournier. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think, I, and I, I think you're right. Tibbs has got to go. I think, I, I think unless something drastic ha- changes and like the roster is shaken up so Tibbs can't do anything else, he's going to be gone before the season is over. I just, I think like the, the clamoring from the fan base to play the young guys and to stop doing stupid Tibbs things is just going to come to head, to a head and 
it, it, he's going to have to be fired. And the Knicks aren't going to be, I mean, who knows? Maybe Tips will turn him into a playoff team, but like, it's just, it's just going to be untenable. It's an untenable situation. So, yeah. I, I think with, uh, with Mitchell, I think for both the Cavs and the Knicks, the targeting of Mitchell had more to do with availability than like being like a picture perfect fit for what mm-hmm. the roster you had. So I'm wondering from like your perspective for the Knicks, like what's like what's the ideal piece that you would add to the to the Knicks stew to to get it really broiling? To if <laughs> instead of, instead of Mitchell, you mean? Yeah, like what like yeah. if if there was a, like a a star that would be like. Uh, that you would wish to become available next for those assets to then be packaged up for instead. Yeah. Who would you, who would you put, throw Barrett at, you know? Oof. To throw Barrett, yeah. like, I would love to do it without Barrett, like, sure. to maybe do three or four unprotected first, first or something, but, uh, in at, perpetuity, at, just take all of our picks <laughs> every other year. Um, SGA, mm. um, you know, um, they also need a big wing like like a Jason Tatum, but he's not available. Yeah. <laughs> not anytime soon. I think it's no one. Okay. I, th- I, th- I think, no, I mean, I honestly think you cannot fill this roster out until you see Brunson on his own team mm-hmm. and another year of Barrett and then what these young guys can do. Because I, I think they're just too many unknowns to try and – it's like trying to solve like a – you know, variable or an equation with five unknowns when you like mm-hmm. just solve it. It's like when you only have one equation and not five. I think you gotta, I think you gotta do nothing drastic, nothing that compromises the future, right? And then really figure out what's what's there. Yeah, got to be some more yeah. organic growth before you can before you can decide what's on the path in there. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I think, and I, I like the way you phrase it. Is it's no one right now. And 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 that's I mean unless they could get someone through free agencies that where they don't have to give up any assets, mm-hmm. I mean that like that's ideal but you know that's that's hard to do in today's NBA, um, because yeah they 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 can give up all those assets when it's for that last piece but you can't do it for the second second to last piece, um. But yeah, let's let's see what these young guys could do. Let's let's maybe maybe one of them will turn into a star. Maybe RJ RJ will turn into a star, and Grimes will, and then you ha- then you're then you're there. Then you're one piece away. They have to develop. They have to play them, and you know make some actual first round picks with the picks that they got, and mm-hmm. uh, and let's see what happens. And that's I think they do need to get Randall out of the way. And probably Rose out of the way, and probably um, Tibbs out of the way to let that happen. And I don't know um, the other the other shoe waiting to drop in the Knicks organization is how patient is Dolan going to be with uh, how what does he feel like having missed out on Mitchell now having to like kind of go with a different strategy and. Um, you know, and potentially have to be another few years until they're good again. I, I hope he doesn't intervene and lets this front office do that, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, I am, the, yeah. The, the best takeaway, though, is that that this front office was able to say no. That they, like, because you can't negotiate, especially with Danny Ainge, if, like, mm-hmm. if, the, if the dictum is... Get Donovan Mitchell at all costs because then you're gonna lose, <laughs> right? Yeah, those are those are Danny Ainge's three favorite words at all <laughs> at all costs. <laughs> I mean, that's probably what like Stephen A. Smith was pounding the drum saying, people like that, oh, and he was he was Not utterly reliable. disgusted with the Knicks. Yeah, <laughs> no one should build their franchise based on the words of Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Please, yeah, actually, do the exact opposite. <laughs> Love right. him though. We'd, we'd love to have him on the show. Please, Stephen A., if you're listening, <laughs> come on the show. We love you. It'll be great we'll hear your side. What? Well, I, I, Ethan, and I were saying the same thing. We, we'll hear his perspective. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You're very. You got a great perspective. All right. So 
that's the Knicks' point of view. Um, it's time to let the young guys cook. Uh, the Cavs' point of view. How you feeling, Ethan? I'm feeling good. So, I mean, initially I was I was shocked. A, a, mm. a Knicks fan friend of mine, uh, shout out to Frankie. He was the one that texted me the Woj bomb. And initially it was just, we acquired him. And I'm like, for what? I was like <laughs> immediately very anxious, like, because I'm very, especially our big three, very protective of. And thankfully, so was the franchise. Because otherwise, like, you know, you lose Allen and who knows if the front court can work with Mobley being forced into being a center instead. Uh, obviously, like, there's no way we can trade Garland after the season that he just had. We just signed him to a max contract, like all that. So needed to, and, and Mobley is such a unique talent. I, you know, would never, I, I don't think there's anybody in the league I'd, I'd trade him for realistically. Um, I'm just, I'm very high on him. I'm also wearing his face on my chest. Wow. Um, but like, this is obviously like kind of an all in move in terms of like, we're locking in what our core is. Mitchell's about to turn 26, but the rest of those guys are all under 25. Um, they're all going to be, you know, at least two or three seasons, we're going to be able to keep them together and hopefully longer, depending on how the contracts work out and how successful they mesh. Um, and I think that both, again, with both the Knicks and the Cavs, there's a similar question in terms of fit because you have Brunson and Garland and you put Mitchell with either of them. And the question becomes, how do you, you know, defend well against lengthy teams on the perimeter? And I think because we have Mobley and Garland or Mobley and Allen in the front court where you have guys, two guys that are legit seven footers, great room protectors, great at challenging shots and great at switching onto guards, there's a lot more capability to overcome those defensive deficits. So there's still a lot of question marks. We have a lack of wing depth and that only got worse from this trade. But um, I think there's even more to be excited about. I mean, like last season we snuck up on people and we won more games than we had a right to. And our guys developed uh, faster than we expected. And on the one hand, you may, it's like, Maybe we should have let them grow a bit more before throwing them into the fire, essentially. But, um, you know, this way it's like, hey, teams are going to, you know, mark us down on their calendar. They know that we don't suck anymore. So we might as well, you know, go big instead of go home. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so in terms of like what we paid, it was definitely like, I'd say it's, it's close to an overpay because, I mean, you're talking about draft picks to 2029. Mm -hmm. And by the time we get to 2029, like all literally all of these players could be gone and we could be in the basement and giving up a high draft pick by that. Even if things go well, like and, we, we could, and as we know, Cleveland always wins the lottery. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know. 50% of those picks are going to be number one. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty steep. Hey, Hey, uh, the Kyrie pick was technically the Clippers. Um, <laughs> then it was all us though. Um, so yeah, yeah. And so like that that's a big payment, but hey, you know, the next few years at least we're thinking we got enough talent our draft picks aren't going to be worth that much. Um and then I think the biggest loss was probably Lowry Markinen because one like the tall ball was like our kind of signature <laughs> last year putting him at the 3 and he has looked awesome in FIBA playing for Finland's team and uh like he could have had a he could have had a nice a nice season coming up, so it kind of hurts to lose him, especially because we do not have a lot of spacing. Like Kevin Love off the bench, and now Donovan and Garland together in the backcourt. But that's like those are our only shooters. That and that was a weakness last season to begin with. So to lose Lowry and um, Abaji was drafted primarily because he's a shooter. So mm -hmm. to send him as well as basically another draft pick in that deal. Um, you know, we're we're asking a lot of like Okoro and Lavert to say, oh, I'm going to step up and hit a lot of catch and shoot threes this season. Or, you know, with our limited flexibility moving forward, we're going to find more three point shooters somehow. That that's probably offensively the biggest question mark is how do we make sure the spacing works? Because we love our bigs and we love our guards, but we need some guy in the middle that can pull and have some gravity, pull somebody toward the three point line so that those guys can operate. It's funny, Abaji would be perfect for this team. Right. As the, and as like, the... I'm sure if they could have sent 
Jetty Osman or some <laughs> other piece or Windler or something. Like I'm sure they would have done Kevin that. Love. Bit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so they're not a complete team, but they got they got all the pieces that are hard to get. And then you just like have to, you know, have to hope the front yeah. office does a good job around the margins and with lower levels free agent signings to fill out the depth. I also I hadn't I didn't mention obviously Sexton was in the deal. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad he got paid because yeah. we were kind of in contract no man's land with him. Mm-hmm. And you know, if he was playing for the qualifying offer this season, no one was going to be happy with that. And it would and you know, he's basically like it's like we could either gamble with the Sexton situation or we could go to Mitchell, who is a three-time all-star proven version of what we could hope Sexton could be. So right. um definitely feels like the right move. The more I think about it, the more like initially, and I feel like there were a lot of Cavs fans that were like, Oh, we pay too much. And it's like, this league is about stars. And we added a big star without losing any of ours. So yeah. Are, are there Cavs fans who are. Oh yeah. Crying about the price. Oh yeah. I mean, you're going to find, I don't any trade. You're going to be like, Oh, right. we got fleece. We sent them too much. Like, and I think, I would have loved to not send a third pick, you know, um, and I would have loved to either keep Markinen or Abaji in this deal. But uh, yeah, there are definitely people that think it's like too much or like too, too much, too quick. Like just, we cashed in on our assets now. So we're locked in with that core. Like there, we're not, there isn't another star we're going to get. It's either Mitchell works or, you know, I, I guess the other, the, the emergency lever or something is like Mitchell doesn't fit. So maybe we can trade them out to get other assets to try to, you know, finagle something together. Talk to the Knicks. The Knicks are interesting. <laughs> uh, hey, what are you doing with RJ Barrett? <laughs> <laughs> he, he'd be great on the Cavs. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it, maybe ideally, like, a trade like this would have been great to do after a few more years of development of Garland and Mobley when they're entering their prime, but this opportunity presented itself and yeah, I think they had windows close fast. So if yeah. you don't take advantage, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, it, either way, it's going to be a big old what if. So mm-hmm. I, I don't mind pulling the trigger. I don't mind a trade where you get the best player out of it. It's hard to get mad about that. So yeah. And I'm, I'm just excited because Mitchell's. Oh, you know, it's like fun to watch. No matter, yeah. And like, like we have like, Gar- like it's really fun to watch Garland cook with Mobley and Allen. Um, but like the thing I feel like we've been missing um, aesthetically in our game, not so much just like fit and like making sure we're building a championship roster or whatever, but like in terms of like what I want to see when I'm watching a basketball game, we don't have that like explosive guy that'll like play above the rim and go nuts on you. Unless like, I mean, Garland was the closest thing in terms of like somebody that'll go off, but Mitchell is so much more proven in that area. And it's going to take so much pressure off of Garland because last year, especially when Rubio went down, it was just like, all right, Garland, good luck. You're the entire mm-hmm. offense. Uh, <laughs> make it work. Um, so to have them paired together, I'm, I am stoked. I am so excited to, to watch that and see just how good they can, they can be in that first season of like, you know, are they obviously they're in the play in and kind of, you know, at the end of, at the end of the season there. Um, so like, what you know? What seed can they accomplish during the regular season? Can they make a deep playoff run? I don't think it's it's certainly not championship or bust or anything. You have a young squad, uh, so you're not the expectation isn't there, but the expectation is to build to a championship. So if you you know are a play-in team again or a first round exit, I think it's you know it's going to be a bit of a disappointment, even if you know the East is more competitive than it used to be when we were ruling it. <laughs> <laughs> John, how do you like the trade for Cleveland? Oh my God! So <laughs> I want. So I'll, I'll be honest. My my um, my take on most NBA players is like uh, bubble basketball, which, in my opinion, was the greatest of all basketball. Because yeah. <laughs> you could hear the sneakers. It was it was joy. And this was that was my last NBA pre kid. So that's like the last time I, I watched like a lot of NBA live since then I watched like playoff games the morning after like at five o'clock in the morning and all this stuff. And so I always like the bubble to me is just special. Like what happened in the bubble and Donovan Mitchell in the bubble 
was mm-hmm. just that I watched every second of that Nuggets jazz series and it was he's just amazing like I I know I've talked about how I wish he tried harder on defense and stuff like that and I like guys like Marcus Smart who are maximum effort and they're you know put it on the floor but there is no amount of effort that Marcus Smart can put in that would allow him to do the stuff that Donovan Mitchell does like this is why this is this is what you spend the money on like this is mm-hmm. this is the stuff that people come to watch. This is the stuff that gets fans like excited. Like Mitchell has it. And I mean, I think it's it's great. It's just I think it's a great move for Cleveland. Um, part of me thinks, you know, it was moved just to get Deshaun Watson off the off the front pages. They're just like, oh, my God, we need people to stop talking about Deshaun Watson. Let's get some good news in Cleveland. You won't get um, me talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, seriously, I, I think it's great. And I've got no love for Dan Gilbert, but I think um, the, this is awesome. And the Cavs are going to be a really interesting team to watch going forward. And I think they'll be good. I think they'll be good. I think they'll be good fast. Not great fast, but I think they'll be good and, you know, win in a lot of games this year. And I, I think you make a great point about, Mitchell as a playoff performer, obviously in the bubble, that 50-50 duel against Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that, like, over it, – like, it's not a large sample size. It's, you know, only a few seasons or whatever. But uh, over his playoff experience, he's he's shown he's the man. He will go out there and fill up the bucket. So um, the fact that for the Cavs, as they're burgeoning on, like, we're about to be a playoff team – you know, they just had to play in their first little taste of what that can be like. And so other than like Kevin Love on the raw and Rubio, um, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, playoff uh, experience. And so to have a guy come in that already has that confidence and can help set that tone, I think that's going to be huge for, you know, whether they are a first round team or a deep playoff run team. This year, what do you see their ceiling as, as far as what kind of seed they could get? You know, honestly, looking at last season, the East was so bunched together because you had the top seed was what, like 53 wins and like the 10th seed was like 43 wins or something. So the fact that it's so bunched together, I, I, I have a hard time convincing myself that they get over the Bucks or Celtics without injuries derailing them so i guess i guess my real realistic answer would be three but certainly i've experienced seeing the Cavs go from a non-playoff team to winning the east so i guess <laughs> i would say like the unrealistic answer is the one seed like they were fighting for it mid-season last year uh when they had no business to be doing that um so and and a lot of it is just dependent on on growth because it's a lot of young guys if Mobley, depending on the size of his leap, you know, it could get it could get wild fast. It'll be interesting to see uh, what uh, Bickerstaff does with the two on ball heavy on ball guys in Garland yeah. and Mitchell. And that's that's definitely a concern because JB is, uh, I think he's done a lot of good stuff, and last season a lot of it was a testament to him and what he was able to get the, the guys to buy into. Um, but he's not known as like an offensive riding up savant or anything. So it's, uh, you know, that's, that's an area where like uh, you hope that I think they, I think it was Luke Walton. They brought in onto the staff. Um, hopefully he can help with um, drawing that stuff up and get making the offense flow because I'm, not convinced just based on the body of work so far, which was with much less personnel, obviously, um, than having Mitchell on staff. But uh, that's that that's definitely a, a big question mark in terms of the coaching. Like, had like how quickly can you integrate this and make it work? Because um, I don't see, especially without the spacing that Utah had, us being on that level of offense, offensive efficiency. Um, so yeah, it, I I'm. I have faith in JB, uh, but that's an area where I have less faith. <laughs> John, where do you see their ceiling? I think they can. I don't think they're. Um, 
I mean, I don't think they're in the same class as the Celtics and Bucks, but I also don't even, I think the Sixers are going to be better. I think James Harden is maybe going to come back a little bit this year. And it's even possible that the Nets could be good, although that Mm -hmm. would really shock me. Um, I think number four is their best case scenario. Um, But young teams can win regular season games just because they're getting after it. Legs. Legs. And so, yeah, I mean, it's possible. And if the East stays kind of bunched, if maybe there's some injuries, maybe three is in the – is, is a possibility. I don't see them making a deep playoff run this year, but I, I can see them winning a lot of games and maybe winning around. Yeah. Especially if they do steal like that fourth seed and have like a have home court advantage for their, the Hawks. their, their first going to be the Hawks, the Hawks yeah. or some crappy team in the five spot. I mean, that, that, that's one of the things that the Cavs fans that I've seen that reacted negatively, they saw it as like, we went all in on Mitchell when DeJounte Murray because of his ability to play defense, he would have been the better fit. And we should have gone for him instead of letting him go to the Hawks. And I, and, you know, we'll, I, we'll see how good uh, him and Trey together, how that, how that meshes. I'm like, I don't know. I've always, especially, I guess part of it is that Trey young absolutely sunk us by just bombing from deep in the play in. I have, I have fears of him. Yeah. I know Knicks fans do not like him, um, <laughs> but I'm, I fear him as a, as a superstar. So if we're matched up with them, I think that, you know, that could be a grind out. And like, and I was just thinking about how the Knicks in your division, that's so tough because you, you got to deal with the Celtics. The Raptors are very competent. Uh, the Nets, who knows, but they've got enough to any night mm-hmm. ruin your night. Uh, so, and then of course the Sixers who I, I agree. I think that they'll do better unless injuries derail them or James Harden, uh, turns out to be done somehow but i don't i don't yeah. see uh, yeah i don't see him like that hey bring it on let's get some Wembayana action in new york oh man <laughs> he's 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 the real deal yeah I, at least i mean we it, it's it hasn't been since patrick ewing that we've had any lottery luck so let's get it this year maybe that that is that is a silver lining we'll get cleveland's lottery luck that's the trade we need to make. Yeah. yeah you need yeah. lottery luck and we'll take RJ Barrett. <laughs> and you'll, we'll give you a comb. <laughs> RJ Barrett. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I, and the, the big thing about this team is, uh, especially if Mitchell could stay happy, is, is kept happy there and wants to stay. Um, and we all know that players sign extensions, even if they don't want to stay, then this is a, this is a young core that's going to grow together. And it, it's, it's exciting. If you're a Cleveland fan. Absolutely. And among that core, Allen feels like the most kind of complete product. Like he's mm-hmm. the closest to his ceiling among them, but even him, like I, you know, his uh, mid range jumper was like, he pulled it out every once in a while last season. And it was like semi-reliable that could get better. He could maybe add a, a corner three. I don't know. Um, and the def- defensive chemistry with him and Mobley, I feel like is going to continue to grow and, there's it, there's gonna be a lot of beautiful block shots. There were there were some plays last year that were I was mesmerized and out of out of my seat a lot for some of the insane blocks because it'd just be like two three you know sets of arms coming at the backboard for you to try to try to get. There's too much length on that team. It's too much. Do so t- so there's one other thing that you know no one's talked about yet, or maybe I haven't heard it yet. Um, Cleveland has a good good year. Looking good. <laughs> Maybe LeBron decides to front run back home. <laughs> and Cleveland and Cleveland's keeping, a, they're holding one second round pick for, uh, for Bronny. They're like, yeah, we're holding on to one of our seconds. <laughs> to keep, uh, keep a seat warm for Bronny. And we, then, that's it. We're not allowed to trade our 24 first round pick. Right. So we actually have a first for when he's supposed to be draft eligible. Uh, if we wanted to get Bronny, um, and you know, I guess, I guess that could potentially line up. I, I kind of, I don't know if the, you know, the front office going after Mitchell, if that had anything to do with LeBron signing the extension in LA, or if that was just, you know, they were just doing business anyway. Um, but when he signed that extension, part of me definitely was kind of like, cause you know, before that, you know, every, every like dream scenario about like, what could the Cavs roster become? 
It included LeBron. He was like, <laughs> it was like a given that he's coming back again. Of course, look at his team. Why wouldn't he want to have these young kids carry him to the playoffs so he can carry them to the championship? Um, and so with this squad, like, I guess, I, <laughs> I yeah, I take him back. But the question is, like, is he willing to take less money? Because so far, it seems like he's wanted to maintain that max deal thing. And I'm not sure how we make that work based on where we're at now because now we have four guys that are young and need to get paid mm -hmm. which are you know right. already locked up yeah and so he's extended he's extended for one more year beyond this or two but one is a player option correct okay yeah yeah so they could potentially trade for him next year but it'll be hard maybe in two years sign him yeah. uh but it'll they, be would, they would have to extend yeah. love and lavert for braun <laughs> there it is. That's the contracts. That's well, it. Yeah, and then we'll and we'll throw in some seconds, and that'll that'll appetize the Lakers. Um, it's a coming home story for Kevin Love. <laughs> yeah, he finally yeah. gets to go to his old, near his alma mater. Oh, reunite Love and Westbrook. Oh yeah, the story yeah, writes itself. That. That's gonna have to be in China. <laughs> I'm afraid for uh, for Westbrook. That's yeah. where his next contract is. I will say when uh, Durant went to Golden State, I was thinking like, okay, well now it's an arms race. We got to do something. And I knew there was like no realistic way to make this happen. But I was like, maybe OKC out of spite would like find a way to get Westbrook to come to Cleveland, and he's like the new weapon we throw in to combat the Durant thing. But that wouldn't have worked anyway. So. Yeah. We, we are might, maybe but yeah no even if he I mean, got Westbrook on that team, still uh, is Westbrook still has the athleticism now so it's not like it's that much different from what he was it's <clears> just he he suffered a little bit and he's just not willing to play the role he needs to play yeah and that's the other thing about LeBron's extension that I was surprised by just mm -hmm. because like but you could have you know come on over back next off season, buddy, mm. uh, is just that, like, what is that Lakers roster construction and what do they do to like make them a real, like, is he just, is he just content with like, well, oh, pass Kareem and <laughs> that'll be enough. I don't really need to, to I contend. Think, I think like watching his kids play basketball too is, yeah. I think that's a big part of it. And living Family in LA. Business. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I don't know. Basketball, but it's, I do I do think that is the last domino to drop this offseason is what does LA do to improve mm -hmm. their team? Because I think they gotta do something and they have to draft future draft picks to trade and and, and the Westbrook situation him, is untenable. So Yeah. With him signing the extension, you have yeah. to think that there's some some, you know, hush hush like, yeah, we'll we'll trade the picks. Like, yeah. Yeah. Would he really commit without them committing back, you know? Yeah. Um, yes, it'll be interesting to see. The one that people talk about is the Indiana deal, possibly. It doesn't make sense for Indiana, though. I don't see the... Does it have to? It's the Lakers making a trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Why does anyone else have to be involved? But you, you don't like it for Indiana? Well, well, I mean, I feel like... And and uh, I forget who was... Uh, I heard on a podcast, and we this up, like, couldn't each of those guys bring a first... You mean Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? Yeah. Couldn't each of them command a first if you traded each one of them straight up? So I don't know about Heald. Maybe not Heald, but a late first. I don't know, because he's a he's a pretty good shooter. Mm -hmm. He's good. I, You're uh, talking about a good team that's going to be picking in the 20s anyway. Um, maybe, but like, but instead you're getting two firsts for both of them at the end of the decade, and you have to take Russell Westbrook back. Now, granted. I don't have a problem taking Russell Westbrook back because it's one year and you have exactly. to, you have to, you have a salary floor anyway. So, and you can just tell him to go home. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like they could do better with those than what the Lakers have if they want to get rid of those guys. I agree. Eh, I don't know. I don't know if they could do better. I, I, well, I think they want to make smart moves. Obviously that Kings trade to get Halliburton, like it felt very like, like they took advantage of a franchise that doesn't ever know what they're doing. So like, <laughs> I feel like if I'm the Pacers, I'd want to keep that going, you know, keep winning trades. Don't, uh, don't, you know, help out LA just, just cause I guess I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I see the, 
enough value coming back for it. I see. Yeah, I, I do think those know. two Lakers picks though are pretty valuable. They're, they're going to be, those are going to be good, but it's, but I don't, I guess I also don't know the value of miles Turner. Cause like he's been on it's the always hurt. for so long now. Yeah. And I don't know what, whether it's teams aren't offering enough or what the deal is, why he hasn't moved yet. So I don't know. Yeah. I think I would, I would do that if I was Indiana, but I could see why they wouldn't. Um, if the, and they want to not be so terrible, they probably don't want to bottom out either. And Carlisle. Yeah, although they might want Victor too. Yeah, uh, sure they Who do. Doesn't? Yeah. Who does? Um, yeah. <sighs> what I'll about um, Mobley at the three? <laughs> then, right. Well, OKC has already come out, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Chet's out for the year." <laughs> yeah, you mean oh he that six month injury he got in the in the off season? Oh yeah, that's gonna leave him. That yeah, yeah. take him out for the year. Shut him down. It's a rehab year. Done. <laughs> so, and no, no. and no, no, I'm no. just waiting for SGA to want out. Um, what about for the Lakers, the a possible deal with Utah? Because I'm sure they're not done with their fire sale of um, Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley. Can you imagine Clarkson. Westbrook in Utah after like... <laughs> after, I know. Nobody talks mentions there. that. I mean, he's going to be bought out anyway, so it doesn't matter. But after the, the racist <laughs> remark from the Utah fan, which apparently is like um, not a one-time thing anymore. <laughs> right. No, I think that Utah fan going to worry about that. Too. Danny Ainge at the BYU game. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently Utah fans are like known for uh, saying some pretty nasty stuff. Yeah, I mean, I know you know Utah's very white and pretty right wing, but I thought Mormons didn't curse and didn't say mean stuff, <laughs> even if they might be racist. <laughs> but yeah, they're gonna. They would definitely. They would definitely send him home. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what uh, family-friendly slurs they try to come up with to find some wiggle some room. Middle ground <laughs> there. God won't be mad. I mean, Danny I- Ainge would probably, <laughs> he'd be like, hey, Westbrook, you and Colin Sexton, battle it out. Try to score as many points as you can. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Who Who's the better tank commander there? Yeah. <laughs> Sexton's done it before. He did it, you know, he was... He was our best player while we built the rest of that core. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I'd hope that at some point he gets to be part of a winning situation because last year he didn't really get to be a part of it. Um, but, oh, yeah. 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 What do you think of Fournier and Julius Randle for the 27 first to the Lakers? Wait, what about how do you match up the salary? Uh, Westbrook will come back. Oh, Westbrook with him. Oh, oh, Jesus. Why not? Oh, I, I, I mean, I would love it, but would you do it if you're the Lakers? I mean, they probably would. They're, that's like their third option, probably after. But, I mean, Fournier can actually shoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I guess it would depend on if you would get a third team involved to actually take Randall, or if you think Randall and LeBron can play together. Because I don't think Randall and LeBron can play together. No, he. I, I think Randall... He would have to go back to New Orleans, Randall, com- uh, coming off the bench to play with AD as the sixth man. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's a he's, he'd be making big money for uh, for bench guy. It's the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's the go-to move whenever you're like, how do how do we in my mind how do I make the the dream trade scenario or whatever work? And it's like, well, that one that guy can just be the sixth man. And yeah, he'll be great. He'll be great. <laughs> And he'll accept that role, and he'll like it, and be good at it, and it'll fit. Like that's what we, that's what our our coping with Sexton all year was like. Okay, he'll come back, and he'll be the sixth man. Right. <laughs> he have to be on the floor with Garland all the time since they're too small together, or whatever. It's like that's always that's always I feel like the go to, and I do it all the time, certainly. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like oh yeah, that great player that doesn't fit with our team, he'll be the sixth man, and he'll dominate <laughs> the benches. Yeah, I, I think I, I like the Utah deal for the Lakers, too, of uh, Bogdanovich, Conley, oh. and maybe Jordan Clarkson as the sixth man. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Conley, I think, is Conley's close to wash. I liked yeah. Conley in his, in his prime. Mm-hmm. Bogdanovich can still shoot. Um, but if Conley could be the sixth man, he doesn't have to play as much. <laughs> that, yeah, then you add his value because he's playing against bench players. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hmm. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. 
And like there, I think there are realistic deals the Lakers could make that would make this year look better than last year, especially if it's a healthier year. Um, I'm still not sure I see a scenario where they look like an, a legit title threat again. No, no, not without adding some pieces. I mean, I, I do think people are undercounting them a little bit in just that, like, it's still LeBron and AD, and if they're both healthy the whole year. But they're never, AD is never healthy. I know, except for the the bubble year that you love. Except for the bubble, yeah. So if he gets half the regular season off, right. and and he could also shoot because the sight lines were better right. in the bubble. And, shooting in the bubble was, like, this much better right. like, than every the rest of his career and there's a three month break season (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's what the lakers need for everything to shut down again so that right they can they can rest for half the year and then go into the bubble to win well if any team could get what they want (laughs) (laughs) i don't know um yeah i just don't i don't see it for i don't see it for ad like it's just it's not a it's not a one-off anymore it's just he's always yeah that's true um, but maybe just got to hope for a one-off of him being healthy. Yeah. It'd be cool to see him. Yeah. At, uh, kind of full force again. Yeah. I mean, it's better when the Lakers are good. Mm-hmm. Like the league is better when it's, when it's, when the Lakers are good and the league is better when it's stars are healthy. For I sure. like the, I agree with the latter half of that. <laughs> I don't I mean, need the Lakers to be good. Just I, 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 if everyone's healthy, they can be dead last. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I just oh, it's so much. There's so much hand wringing when they're when they're bad. I'm just like oh, it's exhausting. I know, it really is. Damn. They're they're in the A block when they're on a pace to win 25 games. They're in the A block on every show you or everything you listen to. It's like yeah, yeah, that know. is exhausting. Um, and finally. For Utah, uh, Danny Ainge came in and, his, and did his job, collected a million picks. Um, if you're going to blow it up, you got to blow it up. Yeah, I think he did well. Yeah, especially in the Gobert trade. That was kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. That um, and, you know, I think sec- like Sexton and Lowry are going to they're good pieces and you can do stuff with them. They're not, but they're not going to, you know, lift you up enough that it's going to ruin your tank. So those are, those are nice pieces and they're both, they're both young. They both still have some potential left to, to show. Um, So the fact that like they got that along with like the main goal, which was just a big slew of picks. That was, that's what mattered most. They got that job done and they managed to get some like quality pieces that could, that can start for a real team, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. as well. To make the illusion of trying to win games. <laughs> right. I mean, everybody knows you're blowing up. I mean, they got to get rid of Bogdanovich and Conley. Uh, Conley, maybe not, if he's always hurt. Because yeah. they're too good. They're too good with uh, Bogey and uh, Vanderbilt, Sexton. Oh, man. I, God, I can't wait for basketball to start again. Yeah. It's amazing how they got... how. <laughs> They got Minnesota to throw in every single player they have, basically. I know. Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I'm also excited to see how that works with the Cat and Gobert front yeah. court. Because obviously, you know, the you know, the Cavs started that trend last year. Um, <laughs> and, and I am very curious to see how that works because that's basically like we got one that's an offensive guy and one that's a defensive guy to help make up for him there. Uh Whereas, like, with the Cavs, it's like we got the guards doing the offense and the front court doing the mm-hmm. defense. Um, I'm, I'm very, like, I'm, and, I, and the Wolves, they're an underdog franchise, so I root for them, and I hope they do well. Like, there's some fantasy version of the next season where it's uh, the Twin Towers of the T-Wolves and the Cavs playing each other in the finals. I would go ahead and bet that if you, if you think it's going to happen, you can probably get pretty good odds right now. (laughs) (laughs) Decent, decent. I'm sure. Uh, I think, I think it actually could, I think it could work. Um, I I really hope it does. I have no idea, but I hope it does. I kind of hope it does because I think I've never been big on Carl Anthony Towns. um, But part of that is because I think tall guys should rebound. 
Um, (laughs) But but like he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to play like let Rudy die. And so like, okay, fine. You don't want to play inside. Go shoot. And we'll get a giant man to stand inside and, you know, stop everything. So maybe it's going to be awesome. And Ant-Man, Ant-Man's yeah. a force, force of yeah. nature, a hell of an actor. His, his growth is, I mean, the fit is a big question mark. The other question mark is how, how much growth are we going to continue to see from Ant? Because, you know, he, could, he, he has the potential to be the best player on that squad. And he's maybe like, I don't know, maybe he's the third at the moment, but he's, he could grow. And if he, and if he takes a big leap this year, then watch the hell out. Oh yeah. I think they could be good. They could be good. I don't know about D'Angelo Russell. I'm not like big on mm-hmm. him, but they, yeah. Yeah. I doubt the new Wolves management is that big on D'Angelo Russell either. Probably not a lot of takers though. So I, I mean, you'd have to, out, yeah. you, you're not going to get anything for him and then you have to replace him. You have to give up other stuff to replace him with, I don't know. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm worried that might be Julius Randle in like three months. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ethan, anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Uh, I guess I'll just throw out there. Um, I, I have one of the only like comedy shows I've done uh, in recent uh, months is um, a show called Bragging Rights. Um, it's a sketch show that takes place once a month. Once a month. Um, you can find them on like Instagram and stuff. Uh, it's two sketch teams are put together for a month. Uh, they each put up three sketches each, and then there's an like audience vote and judging and the winners declare, but you know who really wins the audience. Mm. Um, and, uh, it's a lot of fun. And that's one that I, uh, I do periodically. And, um, uh, so, and I think they usually, they've been lately doing that at the asylum. Um, so throw that out there. And then otherwise, you know, let's go Cavs, and uh, also let's go uh, Buckeyes. Beat them fighting Irish tonight. Oh, wow, big game. <laughs> uh, any personal uh, social media handles? Um, I'm on I'm on the Twitter, at, at Ethan Sheck. It's um, Sheck, huh? I kept saying Schneck. Oh, yeah. That's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, follow me if you want to follow me on Twitter, but you can call me whatever you like. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. Thanks, Ethan. Thank you. Shrek. Why do I keep putting it? I, I want to put an N in that. It happens. Hey, name. you know oh. what? It's better than Shrek, which I got a <laughs> bit growing up. So yeah. <laughs> I'll take Shrek. I'll take Shank or Shank. I used to, yeah, I used to know a Shank. S E H A N K. Pronounced like Skank. Spelled the name like that, and it was like they went by Skank. They, oh, like, like, honestly, honest to God. No, no, no. He did. This guy did too. Uh, yeah. That was, that was how they pronounced their last name. Like, hey, don't want to okay. change that? Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's John- Ellis Island, man. <laughs> oh, those, those jokers at Ellis Island's like, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> oh, man. John, any plugs or thoughts? I would just echo Ethan's plug because yeah. uh, he's like one of the funniest humans I've ever met. So if he's, if he's in something... People should uh, pay attention. Check out Bragging Rights. Yeah. And and check out at Larry the Athlete on all social media and subscribe to Larry Knows Sports on any podcast platform. May all your dreams be hoop dreams and may the rest of your days be days of thunder.